The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Sex with Jaya is brought to you by Eden Fantasies. Rediscover sex and visit www.edenfantasies.com. Good afternoon. Step inside the sensual world of sex with Jaya. This hour will bring you sex education like you've never heard before. It's uncensored. No holes barred advice to increase your sexual knowledge and performance. Now, here's your host, Jaya. I'm ready for sex with Jaya. How about you? Let's roll it out. What's the controversy we've got today? Wait a minute, D-Love. Is that you? Yes. Oh, that's right. Oh I've been God. away for two weeks. I miss you so much. Where uh, where have you been? I've been uh, being my alter ego, a person who designs furniture and cabinetry and installs it for people. Mm, sounds boring. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is why D-Love and I schedule our intimacy time. We are crazy busy. Yeah. Anyway, I want to dive right in today. Like you said, you know, we have some controversy going on today. We always we we had controversy last week too with the whole porn is sacred thing. I know so, I missed it, and I was excited about that one. It was a very exciting show. You really missed something great. But Lauren and I got to speak this week with Nina Hartley and Candida Royale and all of that because of it. So that was right. awesome. Anyway, so I want to dive right into our topic today, which is all about talking to your kids about sex. But first, and I have um, Heather. Heather Karina, am I saying it right? Karina or is it Karina? It's Karina, but either way, Karina. it's fine. Okay, Heather Karina from my one of my favorite websites. I go there sometimes to look up stuff, even though I'm an adult. But her website is scarletteen.com, and that's with one T. And I'm very, very excited about you joining us today because I have been familiar with your site for quite a while now, and um, a lot of my friends get on it, and it was, uh, I'm, I'm really passionate about helping teenagers know about sex, and that's one of the reasons why I made my DVD series, and uh, I wanted to make, you know, stuff that was attractive for younger people to, to look at and get educated about. And so anyway, um, part of my company, uh, New World Sex Education, I want to be eventually about helping raise awareness for young people. And I was reading uh, sort of on the Twitter threads today that there was a girl who wanted to take her girlfriend to prom, and um, her, her school canceled prom. They did. This is crazy. They did. And, you know, it's, this certainly isn't the first time that something like this has happened either. Um, it's, it's good when every t- any time that it does happen, it should get this much attention, and it's great when it does, and hopefully at a certain point we'll kind of hit a saturation point where everybody realizes that it's ridiculous, but this is not the first time it's happened. Upsetting that our teenagers are on the front line because, as you said before we started the show, there's um, 
their the backlashes against the girl, not the well, school. Well, exactly. So, I mean, this is clearly, you know, anything like this that's a restraint at the school is a problem of the administration, but what's happening is that um, her classmates are effectively blaming her instead of blaming the administration's policies, and that, you know... We, we can say what we will about the administration, but then also what does this tell us about what kind of education and how inclusive it's been have her classmates gotten, clearly. Right. You know, I read a book that was really influential on me called Dilemmas of Desire, and it talked about how we, gr- young girls are just not allowed to have desire, you know. No, absolutely not. Or it's their fault and... Well, and I think there's also, there's a, you know, the exception to the rule that's made that will will okay it is as long as those desires are kind of capitulate to male desire, what men might want, it might not be so great, but it's better. You know, so when not only do teenage girls clearly have their own sexual desires and obviously emotional desires as well, but it also doesn't include men, that's like, that's like a double strike. <laughs> So your site is a great resource for young people to go to to find out more information about sex. And since today is about, you know, parents, how do you talk to your kids about sex? I think this is a good good way. Like people can just, parents can say, go to the site. <laughs> sure. And um, one of the things you have on here is a model for lifelong sexual education, which I love. And you talk about providing information that educates on all aspects of sexuality for all sexes, all economic classes, all genders and orientations. I love that. Um, non-judgmental and unbiased attitude and tolerance for understanding teens, whether they're sexually active or not, tools for encouraging celibacy and any sexual activities un- until reasonable readiness for them. I love that. Information on masturbation. I think this, this is really, really important. Oh, I agree. Um, go ahead. You can I absolutely agree. And that's, and that's actually one of the big ones that we get, especially, especially when we're talking about young women. Um, it's not that we kind of live in this culture that's super yay masturbation for everybody, but um, boys and young men certainly have way more cultural permission to masturbate um, than young women do. So often kind of when we're looking at the gigash golly, why do women have a harder time reaching orgasm than men do? I think masturbation is usually the biggest piece in that puzzle. It's that, you know, boys and young men have usually grown up being able to teach themselves their whole lives, whereas girls kind of stall out or have somebody, you know, tell them not to masturbate, that's nasty, don't do that, blah, really early and stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think too. How can we tell our partners about what pleasure, pleasures us if we don't know ourselves? Exactly. So, and then your next little bullet: encouragement to know as much as possible from an educated standpoint to make sound choices based on personal ethics and values gleaned from family role models, life experience, and oneself. And I also like that you in the, in the previous piece about um, masturbation, you talk about. What what people are able to truly feel they're able to handle, rather than the anti-sex approaches, approaches misinformation, scare tactics, religious edicts, and shaming. I'm huge on releasing sexual shame, and so one of the things I love about your site too is just the openness that's there. Sure. Well, and I think that a lot of the time, one of the things that um, you see happen in terms of parents, even parents that um, are otherwise well-meaning but just kind of don't put two and two together is that often the issues that even really progressive parents have that are most challenging when it comes to whether we're talking about infant and child sexuality or teen sexuality are usually the same issues that are most challenging for them with their own sexuality. You know, so for instance, I don't think 
any of us have kind of yet been raised in an environment where we can say, I was not exposed to any sexual shame, you know, unless we're aliens from another planet. Right. <laughs> I don't think it's happened. So, for instance, you know, I think a lot of the things that we see around something like masturbation, body changes, how um, teenagers are choosing to dress, how teenagers are sexual with each other, a lot of the times parents are kind of carrying over their own shame and their own kind of issues with things that they don't feel totally okay with with their sexuality and kind of inadvertently projecting them onto their children or their teenagers. Right. You know, it's interesting. I work with a lot of moms, and I think the body issue piece for young girls is really big. Um, but the body changes, too. And one of my moms, she has a 10-year-old girl, and she's saying, you know, she looks in the mirror and is like, oh, my God, is my butt big? And, you know, just all this kind of stuff and just how interesting it is that awareness all of a sudden and those changes and that there isn't really support going on. And I think your site offers some of that. You have a whole body, body image place. You know, we do, because I agree with you. That's a, that's a really big issue. And that's also something else that I think, you know, as adults, we have to really, um, we have to pay attention to what we're saying, even when we don't think we're being heard. Because a lot of the time that, you know, is my butt big? Do I need to lose five pounds? Oh, these pants look awful on me. That's actually learned language, um, mm-hmm. often from things that maybe we older people say <laughs> around younger people when we don't think they're listening or paying attention, when, of course, they absorb everything. <laughs> Yes, it's true. We have an 11-month-old, and he is, like, every word we say now starting to copy and absorb. So, Oh, I know. You never knew all the language you used until you have it mirrored. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, and so you also have a book. I know when I had got on your site earlier um, a few years ago and was really, really active on it um, in reading stuff, you were having trouble finding a publisher, it took it took about well it's from proposal to publish it took about six years. Wow! Um, and a lot of that there were kind of a couple things that happened there actually kind of um, pertinent to what we started talking about. Some of the attitudes from publishers were that having a book that was inclusive of all orientations was problematic. That you were either supposed to write the straight kids book or write the queer kids book, um, mm. <laughs> which is an interesting perspective. And it also assumes. It assumes that everybody's so radically different just based on our orientation, which is a pretty weird assumption to be making. Um, the other one in there is just that uh, it's, it's tough to get a sex-positive book out there for young people. If you want to talk about all the things that are scary and the terrible, awful things that could happen to them, and then kind of do a little like, you know, but if you protect yourself, sex is okay, that's one thing. But if you want to say, if you protect yourself, sex could be really great, that's kind of like, oh, big scary. Um, and and people are really afraid of that. So it took a long time. Um, I liked the publisher that I had. I wound up with a really fantastic editor. So And it's done really well. People are really liking it. So that's kind of cool. It's not just young people reading it. Actually, I have a small contingency of, like, 60-year-old women that never got sex ed that will occasionally write in, and this is their remedial sex ed. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And so it's it's just called All About Sex, right? It's called SEX, the All You Need to Know Progressive Sexuality Guide to Get You Through High School and College. Wow. 
much more than what I thought. <laughs> really long subtitle. <laughs> awesome. And so are you speaking to college-age women? Because I, I, I went to college older. I was 25 when I went to college for the second time. And it was amazing to me how much of a lack of education and just like kind of like girls getting drunk and like having sex for the first time was like, oh, I have to, I, my job is to teach people. And that's sort of how I kind of got into being a sex educator. Sure. Even though my degree wasn't that, but I was just, I just had to help the girls, you know, these 18-year-old girls who would knew nothing about sex. Yeah, well, our, our age range at Scarletine is usually from about 15 to 25. We certainly get some people before and we get a bunch of people after, but that's kind of our core range. And my um, my in-person outreach, I don't often do colleges. Like I said, I'm, I, do, um, I do sex ed for women who are terminating pregnancies. So on the day that they have a termination, they can also get a whole birth control sexuality consult if they want one. I work with um, a lot of homeless and transient youth. That's kind of my other big thing that I do in person. And I do a lot of educating the educator. Mm-hmm. Very important. It has been so lovely to have you on the line. I know you, you are so busy and you're in the middle of lots of stuff, so we could only have you on for a few minutes. But, um, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, Heather. It has been really, I'm just, Stoked to have you on the line. So again, scarletteen.com, and that's only with one T. And you can go there and check out everything that Heather has going on and also donate to the site and also get your book because you have links here to Amazon and Barnes & Noble and places to to buy the book. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Okay. And keep doing all the amazing work that you're doing. I'm going to be checking out your site, too, to get some new tidbits. I'm sure there's always something that I can learn, even though I'm a sex educator. I'm constantly uncovering new things about sexuality. I think we all are, all the time. Uh, yeah, I, I think there is no sex expert because it's as if... We're never you know, done. As we learn. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's just too much. So, thanks, Diane. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, When bye-bye. we come back... With Sex with Jaya, I'm going to um, talk more with Judith Levine, who is the author of Harmful to Minors, The Perils of Protecting Children from Sex. And also, I've been reading up on sexismagazine.com and a new column, Sex in the Suburbs, that I came across. I guess it's not new. It's new for me. Sex in the Suburbs, which is just hilarious. There's no sex happening in suburbs. (laughs) More Sex with Jaya when we return. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. When Jaya was pregnant, we wanted to make sure that we stayed intimately connected. So we made, we made touch a priority. She even created her own pleasurable perineal massage, which we felt compelled couples like us. So, of course, we made an instructional video just for you. This new release features sensual massage for pregnancy, physical guides, tips for orgasmic birth, and a special feature from the revolutionary film Birth the New World. Guys, treat her to sensual touch and pleasurable genital massage. Moms-to-be... Let him know you want connection and intimacy. Visit www.redhottouch.com to download instantly or purchase a DVD. You and your partner will be so glad you did.
The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned in to sex with jaya to ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask or share a tip or comment of your own please call 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 feeling shy send an email to jaya at missjaya.com that's j-a-i-y-a at missjaya.com now back to sex with jaya we're back, and I, of course, was turning to sexismagazine.com to find out more about our topic today. And I came across the column, Sex in the Suburbs. There's an article called, Getting It On Without Traumatizing Your Children. Mm. First off, the article is hilarious, and I totally was relating. She was talking all about, you know, you're in the mood, and then all of a sudden there's a knock, knock, a knock, or you're looking at little eyes looking at you because they've snuck into your bedroom in the middle of the night. And, you know, all of that kind of stuff that gets interrupted, like our baby has sex star. So every time we start making love, we hear cries. So um, first off, she starts recommending Disney. But, you know, we don't have a TV. So then the question came up, like, well, what, if you, what do you do if you don't have a TV? Um, so I thought the best advice was, you know, she said, to put a lock on your door and that if you get caught, just to know that you're not damaging your children. That, that, you know, they've done lots of studies that it's actually okay, and especially if you can talk to them about it, which also linked me to another one of her articles called The Sex Top Talk. You know it's coming. And this article offers advice on talking to your kids about the birds and the bees. What I really liked was that she had this little quiz about, okay, what do you do? Your kids just caught you having sex, and they come in going, what are you guys doing? She said there's a quiz. There's A. You can do least resistance, which is to make up a cute little story involving tickling the fairy princess, 
Kung Fu Panda, where you're acting out scenes from the Kung Fu Panda <laughs> cartoon. <laughs> B, um, advanced calisthenics, that you were wrestling or doing some doubles version of yoga. Daddy's practicing for his UFC title, UFC title, honey. Oh, um, that's or, what I'm always doing. Huh? That's what, what I'm always say? doing. That's what you're doing? That's what I'm always doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> or C, questions, um, where you give them the straight story, minus the gory details of bodily fluids, penetration of orifices, <laughs> um, you know, something like, when mommies and daddies love each other very much, they have special mommy and daddy time, where mommies like to blank and daddies like to blank, and why, why aren't the hell are you sleeping? And she says, if you're answered A, if you answered A, start saving your money, because you're going to need it for the kids' therapy bills. <laughs> so, but they smell bullshit. So I just thought that was really interesting, and I love how she ended the article um, with uh, what's the sentence here? Although you may find Ken and Barbley now have a better sex life than you do. She was talking about uh, showing them with Ken and Barbies, but Ken and Barbie might have a better sex than the parents because of having kids. So anyway, that depressed me maybe a little. <laughs> All right. Well, that leads me to our brilliant guest today, Judith Levine, author of Harmful to Minors, The Perils of Protecting Children from Sex. And I just have to read a quote on the back of your book, Judith, before we dive in. Um, it says, it, it, this is from um, the current interest category of 2002 Los Angeles Times Book Prize, which you, looks like you had um, won one of those in 2002. This is from the judges. In the best tradition of social criticism, Harmful to Minors offers a cognate and passionate critique of the war against young people's sexuality. An uncompromising humanist and feminist, Judith Levine exposes the moral panic behind such policies as abstinent-only sex education and insists on adults' responsibility to give affirmation support, affirmative support to children's and teenagers' sexual development. Levine and her publisher deserve the highest praise for launching a necessary overdue debate on one of the most stubborn taboos of our era. I couldn't agree more. So, hello, Judith. Hi. <laughs> How are you today? I'm fine, thanks. Thank you so much. So, I just want to dive right in. And could you give us a little bit of your background and why you decided to write this book? Well, um, I had for a long time written about sexuality and I had written about uh, women and, and feminism, uh, about families, and in general about the ways that big forces like history and politics um, affect daily intimate life. And I started to notice that all of this, the, the panic that we had about sexuality generally in this country had started to uh, once again, because it's happened before in history, circle around children, um, and that more and more there were lots of policies and lots of practices and lots of feelings that uh, adults have about kids' sexuality that I thought were really harmful to kids, much more harmful than sex itself. Hmm. You know, I have to ask this because I'm a huge touch and affection advocate. I, you know, I have a book on touch and a DVD series on touch, and um, in your chapter therapy, you talk about schools sort of like the sexual harassment and zero tolerance rules and how they punish children for flirtation or kissing or they even tell a story of a girl passing a note in class and getting in trouble for that, that any physical demonstration is, is like a traumatic sexual experience. And um, in what is normal sex play among children, and I, I just thought this was a little scary and also just very interesting. 
Yeah, well, not only are small children um, being more and more um, punished for just, as you said, normal sex play, but but much more serious things happen to them. Let's say a mom comes in and sees her kid and kid's friend, you know, showing each other their penises. Well, she might get nervous about it, and so, and that's perfectly understandable that she might get nervous about it, but then say she calls, a, you know, a counselor or a child protective agency. Well, then what, what can happen is that the child protective agency comes in, finds out that one of the children is older than the other, charges that kid with molestation of the other kid. Now the kid is, you know, getting dragged into some kind of therapy for bad touch and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, so we pathologize children's, normal sexual play, and when the kids are older, we're seeing more and more that consensual relations between teenagers of slightly different ages or maybe somebody who's in his 20s having sex with somebody in his, his or her, you know, teen years, those are being criminalized and kids, uh, young people are getting sent to jail and when they get out of jail, they're being put on sex offender registries, which really ruins their entire lives. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that no kid ever does anything bad sexually to another kid. Um, but I think that we need to deal with that stuff psychologically, socially, culturally, you know, to help kids learn how to be respectful of their own bodies and each other's, to be able to get along, to talk about their needs. And if they're feeling like really compelled to do stuff that might hurt somebody else, those kids need help. They don't need punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I also found it interesting you were talking about a study that came out, I think it was Holland, and how they asked mothers about what was sort of normal sexual play and just the differences culturally and how your own shame as a parent may uh, color that. That was a very interesting interesting study because what it showed was that um, Dutch parents said they saw their kids, you know, masturbating and undressing and, you know, all the time, whereas American parents somehow never saw this. So either they denied it when they saw it, or the kids got the feeling right away that this was shameful behavior, and so they better do it behind closed doors when their parents couldn't see it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I, when I was, I, I, just before you got on, I wrote down two words, frankness and privacy. And I think we have to, when we're talking to our kids about sex or just dealing with them about sex, you know, the, the incident of the kid, you know, the primal scene where the kid comes in and finds his parents having sex. Um, on one hand, yeah, you want to tell them the truth. This is what's really happening. But also, I think, just as we want them to respect our privacy, we need to respect their privacy. So you walk into the room and the two kids are showing each other their penises. How about just saying, excuse me, and closing the door? You know, let them play as long as nobody's hurting anybody, uh, as long as nobody's coercing anybody. Um, this is something that kids will want to do. And if you hear a lot of giggling coming from their room, as long as you're in here crying, let them be. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important um, in that not creating sexual shame. You know, I'm, I'm also a very big advocate in helping people overcome sexual shame because I think it's at the basis of a lot of our sexual neurosis and, and inability to really enjoy pleasure. And, um, you know, I can't, we were just talking earlier with Heather from scarletteen.com and she was saying how, you know, we've all had some sort of sexual shame in our lives. And mm-hmm. so what's a way that parents cannot shame their kids? Like you just said, like, excuse me, but, you know, if a child is playing with themselves or something that, that makes them feel okay, 
about their sexuality and well, to I take think ownership and empowerment. Is one of the, you know, the, the venues, one of the media that, um, that really does this well because one of the things garlic teen uses is humor. They recognize that sex is funny. But, you know, to me, especially with little kids, I always stress that sex is not separate from the rest of life. It's just something that happens. It's a pleasure like, you know, eating brownies or going swimming. It's, you know, it's something you can joke about. It's something that's kind of, yes, can be kind of scary in a good way, like taking a roller coaster ride. Um, it's interesting, you know, it's, it's endlessly fascinating, just as it is to us, it is to little kids. Um, and then the values and ways of relating that have to do with sex are also like other things in life. So, you know, you learn to try to talk about your feelings and your desires, and you learn to listen to other people's feelings and their desires. You learn to, you know, just know something about your own body and about other people's bodies. You learn to be fair. You learn to, you know, to, um, you know, take it slow or take it quick, say yes or say no, you know, by listening to yourself and listening to other people. And then you also learn when something goes wrong, and inevitably it does because sex is a powerful thing, you try and I think as, as adults, we need to help kids to be resilient, to learn from their mistakes and to get up, brush themselves off and do the next thing. But I think that by making sex not such a big deal, that's one way that we can, you know, help them not to feel too much shame about it. Um, another uh, a friend of mine was telling me about she had a little a child, you know, who was just learning words. And, and she noticed that she was saying, where's your nose? And her daughter would say, there, you know, point to her nose and, yes, great, you know, where are your ears? But she never said, you know, where's your vagina? Where's your clitoris? You know, <laughs> which are also parts of her body that she should know the names of. You know, let's not separate the sexual parts and the sexual acts and the sexual facts, you know, from every other part of life. Um, then it makes it just feel like, you know, normal, natural stuff. Hmm. That's a great point. We're talking with Judith Levine, from author of Harmful to Minors, The Perils of Protecting Children from Sex. And uh, I think we need to take a break. So when we come back, we'll talk about uh, more of how, how to talk to your children about sex and certain types of topics maybe that we might want to talk with our children as they get older, and maybe even about comprehensive sex education in schools. I think that that's a huge topic. So more when we return with Sex with Jaya. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. When Gaia was pregnant, we wanted to make sure that we stayed intimately connected. So we made touch priority. She even created her own pleasurable perineal massage which we felt compelled to share with other couples, like us. So, of course, we made an instructional video just for you. This new release features sensual massage for pregnancy, positioning guides, tips for orgasmic birth, and a special feature from the revolutionary film Birth of the New World. Guys, treat her to sensual touch and pleasurable genital massage. Moms-to-be, 
Let him know you want connection and intimacy. Visit www.redhottouch.com to download instantly or purchase a DVD. You and your partner will be so glad you did. Haiti has been hit hard by a deadly earthquake. Destruction is everywhere. Tens of thousands are feared dead and hundreds of thousands are homeless without food, water, and basic necessities. Save the Children is on the scene, but your support is urgently needed to help us save lives. Please give as much as you can now. Call 1-800-SAVE-THE-CHILDREN or go online at savethechildren.org. You can even donate $10 right now by texting the word SAVE from your cell phone to 20222. Please give now. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show with your coach, Rick Carrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. 